looked at myself and I thought, I am healthy, I am wealthy, I am... Welcome to Pretty Intuitive Podcast, an inclusive podcast that embraces the human experience through a spiritual lens, while also uplifting BIPOC, LGBTQIA, plus, and neurodivergent voices. I'm Mikey Oreya, a creative, intuitive, and self-empowerment catalyst who helps connect humans to their intuitive gifts and embrace the magic of being themselves. I work with goddesses, archetypes, and ancestors to propel you to be brave in expressing and affirming your authentic self in your everyday life. Welcome to this potent space. Hello, 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 hello. Welcome back to Pretty Intuitive Podcast. I'm your host, Nike. I am so excited to be in this intuitive, inquisitive, deconstructing, decolonizing space with you. Welcome to the show. I'm so glad um, to be doing this podcast, to be connecting with all you beautiful humans, just always in a sense of gratitude. Um, But today's episode I'm really excited about, and honestly, no major announcements for y'all. The Ancestor Healing Retreat is coming soon. I'm so, so, so excited, like actually unreally excited. You know what I noticed about this retreat? So it's exactly four white people and four people of color. Um, Yeah, including me. And two of the white people are are people who who like really have seen the work I'm doing and who have like, I've talked endlessly about this type of work. And so they decided to invest in the retreat, right? Like, And I think the motivation was, number one, um, we're friends, but number two, they've seen me really talk about this work for a very, very long time. And they've they've also been in the presence of me getting um, harmed in a safe, white-centered space. And so they really want to do unlearning. The other two, one is my photographer, who's going to help photographer. Um, take pictures for the event or for the retreat (laughs) and the other is one of my spiritual sisters Emily who's really helping me out with everything um and who also was there when I was harmed in a spiritual space but there was microaggressions and honestly it was anti-black if you get to the root of it so like they all have a very big investment in our relationship and friendships and stuff like that. Like, you you know? And then the people of color, like all amazing people, only people I really align with. Um, and I'm so excited, but there are more so people like they not, haven't necessarily heard me talk about this work as much as the, as like for years, right? They haven't seen me been harmed there's no like huge um, personal investment, like when it comes to me, right? Like they're doing it for their own healing because they want to, because they want to go to a retreat. And so I bring this all to say that um, like, and I also know, right? Because I've been to a few retreats now and I know the process of retreats. I have a lot of um, business intuitive friends who do retreats. So I say this all to say, white people don't show up (laughs) unless they're really invested in 
you and the work. The people who invested in me from just seeing my post and from seeing me talk, but not like a huge, you know, like, oh, I have this personal relationship with this person or I'm helping a friend out are people of color, Black, Indigenous, people of color. And when I made that realization today, because I just went over the things with my chef, it really was stark to me. Like I have a lot of white people in my DMs saying, I wanna do this work. Or like they're commenting on my video. They're like, this is well said, really important. And I'm not saying to do this work, you have to go to my retreat. But like I always say, the perception, like people think they can say all the right things and do all the right things, but it really is up to your action and like what you authentically put out. And so I was like, not disappointed that, well, I was it's not that I was disappointed that, um, what I'm disappointed about, because I think the group of people who are coming is completely aligned and completely in tune, and I think it's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. And I'm so glad that I have um, a good chunk of people of color coming. Like, I haven't seen any retreats intersecting my reality that caters to people of color and that you see a lot of people of color investing in at all, right? Like, the first retreat I went to, I was the first Black person, the only Black person you know? Anyway, I kind of digress, but I say that all to say that um, I came to that realization and it really, really illuminated the, um, and you know, maybe it's because I put like, it centers Black and Indigenous healing. I don't, I don't know the reason. Maybe it's just like, oh, it's just not a good time, right? Like maybe oh, like there's so many other things that are going on. Like I would have came. And I believe for some people, like that is it. But I believe in other people, especially those who flood my DMs about like this work is so important. Da, 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 da. I want to do this work. But when it comes to actually like investing and in doing the work, especially when it comes to a black educator or a person of color who's educating, you don't see it unless they're really long-term invested. And it's just so disappointing to see. Like I, we have so much work to do. I, I see other people they send up from retreats like just on a whim like they google it on the web on google and then they see a link and they sign up like I sh it's just so unfortunate um that the work the bulk of the work is always on people of color like this retreat is meant to do ancestral healing but also learn how to help support and center black and indigenous healing and yeah but I'm so glad that the space is going to be a lot of BIPOC and hopefully it could be a space that they really feel seen and heard and healed. That is my intention. And thank you for the white people who did invest and are coming and who care about the work. And not to say you don't care about the work if you don't come to my retreat. That's not what I'm saying at all, but I'm just saying it's not a coincidence. It's, it's a very telling. Okay, anyway, going to the episode of decolonizing what exactly means because I always talk about decolonizing and how it's really important how I'm in decolonizing spirituality and not love and light um kind of close to alt-right spirituality and so I think decolonizing is really important and I think a lot of times um you see BIPOC focus on decolonizing, but really it should be everything, it should be everyone that engages in decolonizing. It's really understanding 
the structures and systems of power that have been in place to oppress specific groups, really out of greed, really out of anti-Blackness, and really out of just wanting to capitalize the most. Like I always talk about conspiracy theories and I know there's certain conspiracy theories like reptilians and like all these other conspiracy theories that all, all are really harmful, especially when it comes to people of color, Jewish people. And I'm like, the conspiracy is right in front of us and we're engaging in it all the time. And it's participating in these structures. It's participating in these systems. And like a lot of it, we can't help. Like I still have to engage in capitalism, right? Like I still have to have a a job and pay taxes and like all these things but a part of decolonizing is number one um completely disengaging from white supremacy culture if you don't know what white supremacy culture I'll put a link and I'm talking way too fast if you don't know what white supremacy culture is I'll put a link down my bio uh, in the show notes and I think I've had talked about it a couple times but like there's five, there's 15 pillars of white supremacy culture. Like perfectionism is one, um, either or thinking, um, written word, value written word over speaking, speak, spoken word. And you can see a lot of it's just anti-black, anti-indigenous, anti-people of color, um, culturally. But it's um, completely ejecting that and um what's a really good word the word is on the tip of my tongue it's um rejecting that (laughs) there we go and beginning to reconnect to your own ancestral wisdom and knowledge that is outside of these systems while also you know unlearning the other systems that we so subtly engage in Uh, like ableism right like um xenophobia anti-semiticism is very casual all the time especially in the spiritual space being anti-black being anti-indigenous like all these things being anti-asian like it's also understanding our own internal uh, um, prejudice and um oppression whether it comes from you know i am this thing but I've repressed being this thing because I have been told being this thing is bad to I really have a lot of self-hatred and self-hate that I participate in these systems and I rather put on the cloak of whiteness, even though you may not be white, to protect myself, right? And the thing is, a lot of people have had to do that, have done this and have had to assimilate out of survival, but we are quickly moving into a paradigm and realities that we'll seeing that we, first of all, a lot of people are not satisfied with just surviving. They want to thrive. We are no longer so satisfied with just abiding by the rules to get by. We're sick of the rules and we're sick of the systems and we're sick of people not doing what they have to do in their work of the collective, aka people who hold the most privilege, aka a lot of white people, um, and especially Black and Indigenous people and people of color are tired of having the burden to do the work in order to just live and to live in peace, which should be a human birthright. Um, and then that extends to 
members of the two-spirited and LGBTQIA community that also intersects with a lot of BIPOC. A lot of BIPOC are part of that group. And it also intersects with disabled folk. And um, it also intersects with, again, Jewish people. Like there's, there's so many elements. So I know I was just like all over the place. Like I'm really passionate about this. And I'm really like, when I started to understand my own internalized oppression and how like participating in these systems, number one, we have been socialized to do so. And number two, we have so much learning to understand and unlearning to do. I'm just like, this is the key to what we need to do to get things done. And we're so exhausted by just participating that a lot of us can't do those things. Like I'm exhausted every day, but I'm, my hope is like, as we, if we have more conversations about this and we prompt more thinking around this, then people will be inspired to really come into the collective and work together to fight these systems. But I know it's, it's gonna take like centuries. I feel like at this point, that's what I'm telling myself. It's gonna take centuries. Like this is, I am never going to not experience racism in my lifetime. I just have to be okay with that. I'm never not gonna to experience sexism. I'm never not gonna to experience misogynoir. Like it's just my life. I have to deal with it in this lifetime. C'est la vie. But um, yeah, decolonization isn't only just, you know, I think a lot of times decolonization, we think about colonization, which really impacted in a negative way, people of color and especially black and indigenous people of color, but in a, in a, in a beneficial way affected those who come from European descent, whether it's that they participated in the colonization um, directly or whether it is that they decided to assimilate into whiteness when they saw that there was a hierarchy based on um, the enforced white supremacist idea of race and then they left black indigenous and people of color behind in order to assimilate and be closer to whiteness because a lot of Europeans were not considered whites until white supremacy um, made them white, right? Like a lot of people assimilated. So you'll see people say, well, like, you don't understand. We had a famine and like, we were not always considered white. Yeah, you weren't. But when the, when push came to push in, which you can see in history, um, y'all assimilated real quick, real quick. So this episode is all over the place, but I kind of love the vibe. <laughs> I kind of love it. So just to be clear, decolonization, and this was inspired by a TikTok, so I, like, I'm so excited. Um, but decolonization means just undoing the structures that have been in place in the systems of particular power to, um, to really just allow certain people to have access and power and privilege and just the whole non, nine yards. Um, that also intersects with not only race, but also with the concept of the gender binaries, with classism, with ableism, xenophobia, anti-Semitism, anti-Asian, um, rhetoric 
and as well as other religions that do not um, participate in necessarily like the Abrahamic accepted religions that primarily intersect with white supremacy. So it's not just, you know, I'm learning what colonization was and like saying colonization was bad. It's actually unlearning all these systems. Like race is made up, gender is made up, sexuality is made up, these labors are made up. And if you look back in ancient, especially black and indigenous cultures and people of color cultures, you'll see like in a lot of African languages, especially in West African, in my native tribal language, there is no gender pronouns. There isn't any at all, you know? Um, and that's to go for a lot of other things. And a lot of indigenous cultures, whether it's to the Americas or to the Aboriginal Australians and New Zealands, um, and I'm not sure any other parts of the world, if you know, you can let me know. I would love to learn more. But they have two-spirited individuals, which also look different in every region, country, and tribe. Um, and so you'll see a lot of these systems that a lot of people, you know, have a lot of trauma from and that really keep us in a way, in a, in a, in a that really keep us in a sense of fight or flight that's exhausting is because of these systems that are in place that, again, a lot of us are willingly participating in. And I don't, I'm not saying that the things that we have to participate in because of our survival is us willingly, we can acknowledge like, yes, participating in capitalism sucks, but like right now, like that's all I can do, especially when these systems are made for us to feel de like depleted and not able to keep, like it makes us not able to like unlearn and think because we're always exhausted by participating. But I more so mean willing participating by, a good example is white people not understanding their privilege and not using their positionality to actually support their BIPOC siblings or maybe I should even say siblings just to, to help support BIPOC and creating safe spaces when they have the majority of the power to us being ableists to and like willingly saying ableist things and to not um, doing the work to start to make things more accessible. Like if you're a content creator, are you including captions? Doesn't mean you have to be perfect. I forget to include captions sometimes because my ADHD and executive functioning. And sometimes I'm like, wow, that really sucks. I'm not prioritizing that. But uh, how much do you even think about it? Are you allowing people to have access in that way to I providing um, image descriptions on your post. Again, it doesn't have to be perfect, but just making an attempt is doing something. Making an attempt is actually combating the systems. I think people don't understand that. Like they're thinking that everything has to be perfect and they have to do things perfectly. Again, that's a structure of white supremacy, culture, perfectionism. It's just making an attempt. It's just taking a risk and actually doing something that shows that you are willing to unlearn and willing to shift. It, it's also as like, I don't know if the, the proper word is simple, but um, like stop being fat phobic. <laughs> stop saying things that are inherently fat phobic. Um, like it's summer now. And so I've seen so many videos from straight size people who are like, oh, I, I, gained, a, I, get a, I gained a little weight or like I'm pregnant or I'm like this thing. 
and they're like my thighs rub together like this is so problematic like my thighs have rubbed together since I've hit puberty and I was straight size and now I'm plus size and they still rub together that's just a human thing it's and but it's like inherently fat phobic like it's okay for your thighs to rub together it's uncomfortable but it's okay like all these little things and so it actually is not little all these normalized things are actually inherently harmful because we are not um because number one we have been socialized but once you realize your socialization and like if you're listening to this podcast you should have realized like okay this is a thing then it's actually attempting and being willing to unlearn and shift that's all I gotta say y'all that's literally all I gotta say um but yeah, I, I just wanted to, I saw the podcast, I, I'm not podcast, I saw the TikTok, I reposted it on my tick or on my IG, and I thought it was really important to kind of like talk about more and deep dive. I think I have another episode about decolonizing, but, or a couple, but always good to just talk about and express so um thank you so much for listening thank you so much for connecting i'll put the link to white supremacy culture and understanding it in the show notes and um yeah the retreat is soon i'm so 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 excited the tickets for the virtual experience are also closed so yeah um but until next time stay pretty intuitive love you thank you so much for listening to this episode of pretty intuitive if you haven't already please consider leaving a rating review on itunes and a rating on spotify it will help the show out so much and it helps amplify my voice and it helps other people see this podcast until next time stay pretty intuitive love you bye